are Locked On Blackhawks, your daily podcast on the Chicago Blackhawks. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome in to the Locked On Blackhawks podcast, your daily podcast on the Chicago Blackhawks. Today is Friday, February 4th. I'm your host, Jack Bushman. You can find me out on Twitter at JackBushman2, or you could also go and check out my Strictly Blackhawks account at TalkinHockey for all the latest Blackhawks news and updates. And if you like what you're listening to today, then please be sure to go and follow the podcast. You could also go and leave me a review if you want to as well. It'll help me out tremendously. It only takes a quick click of a button. And best of all, it's 100% for free wherever you may be listening to your podcasts, whether that be through Apple Podcasts, Odyssey, Spotify, Google Podcasts, etc. It's all absolutely for free. And if you go and follow the show right now, then you'll be able to get the latest episode as soon as it comes out each day. All right, what's up, everyone? And as always, thank you for tuning into another episode of Lockdown Blackhawks, your one-stop shop for all things Chicago Blackhawks. And on the show today, folks, another toughie of an episode. I'll be going over owner Rocky Wurtz's disgraceful outburst towards writers Mark Lazarus and Phil Thompson during the town hall meeting on Wednesday. I'll also go over the Blackhawks potentially looking to be facing three more lawsuits in the future, according to a report. And then to wrap things up today, I'll also go over a couple of names getting dropped earlier this afternoon in regard to the Blackhawks' current GM search and the interview process that started late last week. All that and plenty more right here on Lockdown Blackhawks. First things first though today, folks, that town hall meeting on Wednesday literally could not have gone worse and couldn't have been any further from what Hawks fans were hoping to see. I I was literally, excuse me, I was literally sitting there dumbfounded after Rocky, you know, had that outburst towards first Mark Lazarus and then Phil Thompson after that. Um, And what Laz originally asked him, like, it wasn't like he was trying to pry away at details or anything. And I've had multiple people message me and people not even involved in the game of hockey. Get a quick drink here. People not even involved in the game of hockey. Just other, you know, people I know, even other writers in other professional sports. Um, I just had a bunch of different people message me saying, you know, how it wasn't like even a bad question from Laz. It was a layup. And credit to Mark for asking this because it was actually a, a very fair and valid question. It wasn't anything over the top by any means. He just, for those who haven't heard by now, I don't know who hasn't heard, but Laz was basically just asking how the team's going to be empowering players in the future to ensure a situation like this would never happen again, you know, where a player feels more threatened, you know, by his status with the team and his relationship with the coaching staff and his teammates as well, and just everyone involved in the organization, he valued that more than his well-being because of the situation he was in. And that should, you know, obviously never be the case, should have never been the case in the first place. Uh, But it was a valid question 
by Laz to see how they were going to be empowering players in the future and how a scenario like this will never be built within this organization ever again. And for <clears throat> Rocky to interrupt everybody else, not give Danny or Jamie a chance to answer and to just immediately jump in and give that kind of response, to be adamant that they weren't going to talk about it. And the way he said it was horrible. I mean, the completely, completely the wrong answer. And the worst possible way to have gone about it. And now, if we learned anything from that town hall meeting, it's that the absolute top of the ladder, it's clear at the top that they just want to sweep things under the rug. That's the message everyone got from the town hall meeting. I don't think I'm alone when I say that by any means. Let's just not talk about it, is what Rocky Wirtz was saying. And I know all the reports prior to Wednesday, I even talked about this on the show for the past few months, all the reports prior to Wednesday's town hall meeting stated that Rocky wasn't aware of the situation back in 2010 when Kyle Beach was sexually assaulted by Brad Aldrich. But after saying what he did there in that kind of showing, telling Mark Lazarus and also now thousands or, or maybe even millions at this rate um, about how it wasn't any of their business and how we're not going to talk about it. After hearing the top of the ladder give that kind of message, how many people out there still believe that he didn't know about what happened back in 2010? I bet not a lot of people still believe that to be true. So this whole thing, it was just an absolute disaster. And to hear Rocky say the things he did and the way he said them, being so adamant and frustrated. Terrible. It seriously made me want to throw up. And after all the talks the last few months of being better going forward and hiring the proper people to be in place to fix this, fix this clearly broken culture that has plagued this team now and is going to plague them for a very long time, and to see the man at the top of command, the top of the ladder, the owner of the team, Rocky Wirtz, to see him be that out of place and like out of touch with doing the right thing in front of everyone on live TV, basically, in front of all the cameras. It was a sad day to be a Blackhawks fan. And I don't even know how anyone out there not speaking for everybody, but I just don't know how you can feel even the slightest bit confident that this whole thing is actually going to get fixed with Rocky still here. It's another situation where backs are against the wall now. And, well, are we just going to let them keep going? Seems kind of awkward, doesn't it? And it feels like as long as he's here, everyone's going to feel like real change aren't actually going to be implemented with that guy calling the shots. That's your leader? That's the top of the command? Oh, boy. And if you tuned into my episode, <clears throat> excuse me, don't know why my throat is so dry right now. And if you tuned into my episode 
as I was saying, that I dropped back on Wednesday morning when I was talking about some thoughts and some expectations and what I mostly just wanted to see out of this town hall meeting. First and foremost, I said I wanted to see a plan about how things both on and off the ice were going to be fixed going forward. And I also said I wanted Danny and Rocky to answer the questions about Kyle Beach with decency and integrity and to be open and honest. Give open and honest answers is what I said. Because I thought the only way that the fans were going to be able to buy back into this organization and to have the belief that, hey, maybe things can turn around here. The only way to do that, to win the fans back over, was to be open and honest with everything. Give the fans an open look at how things are actually going to be different in the future and what's their mindset going forward. And for the town hall meeting to wind up going the way it did, and with Rocky saying the things that he did, I mean, it could not have been further away from what I was hoping to see out of this meeting. It was absolutely atrocious. And I know basically each and every other fan out there feels the exact same way. There are people who are completely done with this team. And what argument do you have to tell them to stay? That's, that tells you all you need to know. It's tough right now. And this isn't even the first time we've heard the wrong things been, been said by the Blackhawks this year, going back earlier on in the season. Jonathan Taze, the captain of the team. To say what he said in his first media appearance after Stan Bowman resigned or however that all played out, for him to kind of put Stan Bowman's reputation over what happened to Kyle Beach, it was just like, what are you doing, dude? Are you kidding me? I just don't understand how they can't read the room and just mostly don't seem to have grasped the significance of what happened with Kyle Beach. And I, I can't even imagine what Kyle himself was thinking here when uh, he saw this uh, or heard this outburst by Rocky and when he said, we're not going to talk about it. I couldn't even imagine what he was going through. Just an absolute nightmare here, folks. And yeah, just pretty tough time to be a supporter of the Blackhawks and to claim them to be your team when... Time after time, they, they show you their true colors, and they're not good. It's shameful, disgraceful, and, and just flat-out embarrassing. The Blackhawks are the laughingstock, not only of the league, but of the entire sports world. And the apologies, you know, that Rocky has released since that outburst, I don't think I speak alone either here when I say that that basically counts for nothing. It's like, oh, cool, you can have someone write up a statement that sounds good for you. Congratulations. But you can't actually do the right thing and, and be a good person in the public eye for the first time since this all happened. This is the first time he talked to the media, and that's the look he gave us. Just flat-out embarrassing. I can't say it enough. Um, and I don't know how anyone could feel comfortable with that man calling the shots going forward. It's, again, a backs-against-the-wall situation for the Blackhawks front office yet again. Uh, and I really do feel bad for Danny and Jamie. Because, and Danny did try to interrupt that whole tirade 
Um, and I think Danny, for the most part, has said all the right things here. And I actually also saw uh, Daniel Carcillo say on Twitter that, for what it's worth, his opinion, I don't know how everyone out there feels about Daniel Carcillo, but um, he said that Danny Wirtz has always been a, a good man when he's been around for the most part, um, and added that if there's anyone to fix this mess, his money would be on Danny. Um, but still undoubtedly disappointing to see that, you know, he didn't speak over his dad and make an unnecessary move because it was just getting absolutely out of control there. Rocky was on a, a complete tirade, like a angry toddler, basically. Um, and it, it was, it, it's just tough for them. I feel like, because they obviously had to know their, their father, like not Jamie's father, but Danny had to know. And Jamie had to know that Rocky was just making a colossal mistake right there. Um, I feel like, or I could imagine after the town hall meeting wrapped up, they, right after that, they looked at him in the eyes and were like, what are you at? Are you, are you lost? What are you doing? Because after all their hard work, all their progress, they are trying to make just like that. Gone in a matter of seconds. Thanks to old man Rocky Wirtz and the scene that he caused on Wednesday. Complete disgrace, um, which... <laughs> Kind of seems to be the common theme here of the Blackhawks 2021-2022 season. Another low blow to all the fans out there who care and are passionate about this team, but yet again, were let down, not for the first, second, third, fourth, or fifth time by this team this year. Um, just a hard time to be a fan right now, I feel you Blackhawks fans. It's tough. I'm there with you. Um, considering all the things that have been done over these past few months, all the things we found out. The Blackhawks, you know, that overall, they just continue to show the true lack of progression that's actually being made behind those blanketed statements. All right, there are my thoughts on the absolute disaster that was the Blackhawks Town Hall meeting on Wednesday. Coming up in just a moment, it's not going to get any better, folks. There could be a more lawsuits filed against the Blackhawks in the near future. But first, I need to talk to you all about Bet Online. There may be less football being played now, but Bet Online has way more odds and info for this playoff season with Super Bowl Sunday on the horizon. From game scores, totals, player props, to where the next head coach is going to land, Bet Online remains your number one spot for all the NFL betting here in 2022. And from basketball to football, the NHL, boxing, and UFC, right to your favorite Vegas casino games, don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2022 season. Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to wager on all your favorite sports and Vegas casino games. Bet Online, where the game begins. All right, we're back here on Lockdown Blackhawks. Moving on into segment two today, I also had to be sure to go over the recent report that the Blackhawks could be facing three more lawsuits that relate to the Bradley Aldrich scandal. And on Thursday, Christopher Cortez, Cortesi, not sure how that last name is pronounced, but more importantly, he's a Chicago-based defense attorney who represents all three people, told 
the Chicago Sun-Times that he and his clients, by the way, those three people are Black Ace 1 from the Kyle Beach lawsuit, and then John Doe 3 from the same lawsuit, who's a former Miami of Ohio student that, quick trigger warning to all the listeners out there, was sexually assaulted by Bradley Aldrich as well. And then the third person is former Blackhawks coach Paul Vincent. Those are the three people that have hired this Chicago-based defense attorney to gather all the information necessary to file a lawsuit on the Blackhawks in the future. So buckle up, folks, because it looks like things are just getting started in court for the Chicago Blackhawks. Kyle Beach lawsuit may have come to a close, but sounds like they're going to have at least three more on their hands here in the near future. Um, as I said already, John Doe 3, trigger warning to all the listeners out there, was sexually assaulted by Aldrich back in the fall of 2012 at the University of Miami of Ohio and is filing a lawsuit against the Blackhawks because of not only their decision not to report the incident to the police when learning about this, um, but also by giving Aldrich Stanley Cup memorabilia. They had his name on the cup. They gave him his day with the cup. They also recognized him at the parades and things. He took pictures with everybody. It was a nightmare. So by doing that, John Doe 3 claims the Blackhawks then, by doing all of that, helped Aldrich gain trust of future victims at places of employment. So that's what that lawsuit's being filed for, for Black Ace 1. Um, we found out in the inv- investigation during the whole Kyle Beach process that he was also sexually harassed by Bradley Aldrich in the spring of 2010, claiming that um, Aldrich sent him a text about oral sex and also um, an inappropriate picture, which I'm not going to get into. Um, there wasn't any physical contact between Black Ace One and Aldrich, but we've heard reports that Black Ace One was bullied about this incident for years afterwards in his playing career. Um, so that's the second lawsuit. And then the third from Paul Vincent, he was the man that Kyle Beach first told about the incident. He was the coach that Beach went to, which led to Vincent kind of relaying the story throughout the organization. And that's what stemmed to that meeting that took place following the Blackhawks, I believe it was Game 3 victory over the San Jose Sharks in the Western Conference Final between uh, the Blackhawks brass. They had that big meeting where they ultimately decided to do nothing about Beach getting sexually assaulted. So Vincent is planning to file a discharge lawsuit against the Hawks because he claims after that season, first, his contract was now renewed, and instead... He was offered a lower salary the next year while coaching for the Rockford Ice Hogs of the AHL, a demotion, despite the team winning the Stanley Cup. So it's pretty clear the Hawks tried to just further push things under the rug by demoting Vincent to the AHL, getting him out of the way, um, despite the team having success. So all three of these situations definitely are not a good look for the Blackhawks. Um, and all and knowing all the information we do now about what took place, um, the 120-page report that the Blackhawks, or that the um, Black and Jenner 
investigation, going through that, um, and what the details we know now, it seems pretty clear. At least it looks like they certainly tried to force Paul Vincent out after he was the one who came forward with all this information. And then Black Ace 1, um, we know it sounds like he's got text evidence and he was part of the first lawsuit. He was interviewed and this is what he said. So sounds like that's not going to be good for the Blackhawks. And then for John Doe 3, again, another victim of sexual assault because the Blackhawks didn't take any action because they didn't warn anyone about the type of human being that Bradley Aldrich is, which is so messed up and so wrong in so many ways. And in fact, there's even a report that came out from Rick Westhead of TSN on Thursday. By the way, Rick Westhead continues to do a tremendous job on all these stories, along with Ben Pope of the Chicago Sun-Times, Mark Lazarus, and Scott Powers of The Athletic, <clears throat> Phil Thompson, everyone out there, everyone everyone covering the Blackhawks right now is doing a phenomenal job, and they've had so much to deal with in these past few days. Um, I commend them a lot and have a ton of respect for the work they've done because I even had to take a day and get my mind off things and kind of gather myself and gather my thoughts and figure out, you know, how I was kind of going to piece this all together on the podcast because it's tough when you have to talk about these things publicly and it's just myself and I want to make sure I say all the right things. I have my information right. I know how I truly feel. I don't want a knee-jerk reaction to anything. Soak everything up. So I give a ton of credit to those out there who've had to, you know, write on deadlines while covering this whole debacle that's been the the Blackhawks for the past few days. Um, But back to the report that came out from Rick Westhead. Um, On Thursday, he said that John Doe 3, who is now in his 30s and working in the hockey industry, said that Aldrich confided in him when when they were both at the University of Miami, Ohio. Aldrich confided with him that he was gay, and he also told him that Chicago helped get him a job at the university. And if that's true, if they not only didn't warn anyone and didn't tell people about Aldrich in this situation, but if they actually helped him get a job somewhere else with kids, a place where he's going to be surrounded by 18 to 22 year olds mostly fresh out of high school I mean that actually makes me sick and from everything the Blackhawks have shown us with their actions lately I don't want to say I think this is true because I really hope it's not but I wouldn't be surprised if it was because this is the image they're portraying to us why should we not believe them if someone shows you who they are and shows you their true colors Why should you not believe them? And if it is true, it's absolutely disgusting. Obviously unacceptable in so many ways and just shows this organization doesn't care about class or integrity or dignity or doing the right thing. All they cared about was winning and doing whatever it took to get this story away from them and to make sure it kept being all about winning. And look where that's led this organization to now. The laughing stock of not only the entire NHL, but the entire professional sports world. And I was actually having this thought earlier in the afternoon, and I made a mental note to talk about it on the pod. 
But the Blackhawks are even lower than they were back in the dark ages of 2003 to 2008. We're lower than that right now. And I don't think it's close. Because if the problems were only on the ice, at least you'd have hope in the people who are in charge going forward to turn that around and hope that different faces are going to lead to different things. But the Blackhawks, even though Stan Bowman's gone, based on what we heard from Rocky Wirtz, how, I just don't know how we're going to make actual changes or how people are going to believe that changes are actually going to be made when that's the guy running the show. So in my opinion, this is the darker ages of the Chicago Blackhawks. We're in it right now. And it sounds like it's not going away any anytime soon because there could potentially be three more lawsuits on their hands here in the next couple of months. All right, there are some thoughts on the report that the lawsuits may keep coming for the Chicago Blackhawks going forward. Coming up in just a minute, I am going to get into the latest report that Peter Shirelli and a couple of others will be interviewed for the Blackhawks' vacant general manager position. But first, I need to talk to you all about rockauto.com. Rock Auto is a family business that's been serving auto parts customers online and do-it-yourselfers for over 20 years. Go to rockauto.com to save money and time while shopping for auto and body parts from hundreds of different manufacturers. Why would you choose to spend 30%, 50%, or even as much as 100% more for the exact same auto parts at a chain store or at a new car dealership? Chain stores and car dealerships have different price tiers for professional mechanics and do-it-yourselfers. But rockauto.com's prices are the same for everybody and they're always reliably low. The rockauto.com catalog is also remarkably unique and super easy to navigate. You can quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle from motor oil to tail lamps and even carpet. And you can also choose the brands, specifications, and the prices that you prefer. And best of all, the prices at rockauto.com are always reliably low and the same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers. So why spend up to twice as much money and time for the same parts when you can go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts that you'll ever need for your car or truck for the best possible prices. Welcome back to Lockdown Blackhawks. I'm your host, Jack Bushman. Getting into segment three now on the show. Before I let you all go and enjoy the rest of your weekends and get the dumpster fire that is the Chicago Blackhawks out of your minds, I still wanted to let you all know about the recent report that came out on Thursday from Scott Powers of The Athletic, which stated first that Boston Bruins and uh, former Boston Bruins and Edmonton Oilers general manager Peter Shirelli who is currently the vice president of hockey ops for the St. Louis Blues as well, will be one of the few candidates that it's actually getting an interview for the Blackhawks' vacant GM spot. And I got to tell you, folks, this, to put it nicely, this was one of the few names that I was hoping would not be in the running for the next general manager of the Chicago Blackhawks, Peter Shirelli. 
I laughed when I saw this report. Because yes, if you go and look at his resume, I get it. He did help the Boston Bruins win a Stanley Cup back in 2011. But he's far more known for his failures and especially his tenure as general manager of the Edmonton Oilers, which us Blackhawks fans know about pretty well because we managed to swap Brandon Manning, who was a complete disaster in his 20 games or whatever it was with the Blackhawks. What a great offseason signing that proved to be a Stan. Um, but the Blackhawks managed to fleece Peter Shirelli and the Edmonton Oilers by getting Drake Kajula in return, who, when healthy, was a great Swiss Army knife here for a couple of years. So um, that's just one of the many mistakes that has plagued Shirelli's name. I mean, it's it's just been disaster after disaster after disaster. Here's a couple off the top of my head. First, he was the man who traded Taylor Hall one for one for Adam Larson a few years back before. Hall went on to go bananas with the New Jersey Devils and single-handedly carry them to the postseason. He also made a couple of terrible trades. At one, he swapped Jordan Eberle for Ryan Strom, and then shortly after doing that, he swapped Ryan Strom for Ryan Spooner, who wound up getting waived by the team, so he basically turned Jordan Eberle into nothing. He also gave Milan Lucic, an outrageous contract with the Oilers after uh, he previously had him in his time with Boston. I mean, just a lot of terrible decision-making by Shirelli is what eventually cost him his time with Edmonton. And I wouldn't have any faith at all for him to be the right man to to right this ship here in Chicago. I mean, what has... Given you at what has given the Blackhawks any confidence that he's the right guy? I, I don't understand it. And also looking at Edmonton, like he had two of the best players in the world up there, albeit they were both young into their careers. But to have Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl and only win, I believe it was one playoff series under Shirelli's lead, you know, I don't really get it. To be fair, McDavid and Dreisaitl still haven't found any playoff success now. Um, But I just don't know what would be so enticing about this hire. What has Shirelli done ever since leaving the Bruins like 10 years ago? What has he done so well that's impressed the Blackhawks? This just wouldn't make any, any sense to me at all. So I was definitely a little surprised, to put it nicely, to hear that Shirelli actually landed an interview with the Blackhawks. And according to Scott Powers, there's probably only going to be five or so interviews total taking place is what a team source told him. And that's also including one for current interim Kyle Davidson, who Charlie Romeliotis told me it's basically his job to lose at this point. So I'm really curious to hear how this is all going to go in the next few days. But one other guy who is also apparently getting an interview with the Blackhawks for their vacant general manager position is Scott Mellenby, who's a former NHL veteran, spent a ton of time playing in the NHL, over a thousand games, and has been uh, with the Montreal Canadiens for the past nine years. He worked his way up to their assistant general manager spot back in 2014-2015 and was there until recently resigning once he learned that, uh, well, once Mark Mark Bergevin and the Canadians had that whole parting of ways and they went in a different direction, once Mellonby heard he wasn't in the final 
running for their long-term general manager spot. He kind of pulled out and resigned from being their AGM and decided to go elsewhere too. So um, he's been one of the hot names on the market. Uh, He originally served as a director of player personnel for the Canadians before being promoted to the AGM. Uh, And he was also a finalist for the Vancouver Canucks general manager job a few months back. So Mellonby's been in the running for a couple of different positions now. Uh, This one isn't really all that surprising to hear. Uh, His name's been floated around here a bunch. Um, my, My one thing I'm curious about, I'm curious about his mindset because being a former player and being, you know, the era that he played in, I wonder if he is more so an old school guy and is, you know, kind of, um, that, if that's kind of the way he goes about things. And I don't know, you know, if that's exactly what the Blackhawks need running the show right now. I think they need a change. Someone who's very good with the media, says all the right things, obviously has a good hockey sense. That's clearly priority number one, but I just don't know if they want the typical what's been going on in the NHL forever, right? That's my only concern there. But again, I'm not in the meeting rooms. I don't know Mellon B as a person. I don't know what he's saying or what he's claiming to do if he gets the job. That's just my only concern I'd have about that particular hire. But um, we'll see, though. As of now, though, we do know three of the Blackhawks candidates for their new general manager and Kyle Davidson, Peter Chiarelli, and Scott Mellonby. Um, and as I mentioned earlier, the Hawks are only expected to interview about five candidates. So um, we now have a pretty good look here at, at what the Blackhawks are thinking during this uh, hiring process. And with this being what we know, I, I would figure that Davidson, based on those two other candidates, in my opinion at least, would still probably have a leg up, I would imagine, due to the fact that he's actually just in touch with the situation, the nightmare that's going on within this team right now, and is also a younger and outside-the-box type candidate that I think the Blackhawks do want as well. All right, ladies and gentlemen, I think that will wrap up Friday, February 4th episode of Locked On Blackhawks. Thank you again for tuning into the show, and be sure to go and follow the Locked On Blackhawks podcast for free right now on your favorite podcast app, and you can get the latest episode as soon as it comes out each day. And after the show, please be sure to go and check out the Locked On Bets podcast which is hosted by your boy Q and handicapping expert Lee Sterling. You can get daily picks, blowout specials, wrong team favorite picks, and even Lee Sterling's lock of the day by just simply following the Lockdown Bets podcast. It's free and available on all platforms, so be sure to check out Lockdown Bets right now wherever you get your podcasts. Once again, thank you for tuning into today's episode. I'm your host, Jack Bushman. You can catch me on Twitter and my personal account, at JackBushman2. Or you could also check out my Strictly Blackhawks account, at TalkinHockey, for all the latest Blackhawks news and updates. And don't forget that the next episode of Lockdown Blackhawks is Mailbag Monday. So for any questions related to anything on the Blackhawks or the show, You can always email LockdownBlackhawks at gmail.com. You can also hit me on any one of my Twitter accounts, or you can call 708-653-0572 to leave a voicemail. So until Monday's episode, thanks again for listening to the Lockdown Blackhawks podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network. 
your team every day.